Welcome back to episode two of the Skewered Universe podcast. I am your host, Jeff, and it's been a while. It's been a few weeks. Been a little crazy. That's why I haven't gotten this episode out sooner. You know, WrestleMania weekend, and then work has been crazy. So it's just been hectic trying to fit in the time, but I got it now. We're to get this to you. You're going to listen to it, and who knows? So like I said, WrestleMania weekend, uh bunch of wrestling going on in New Orleans. You had uh, Supercard of Honor. You had New Japan stuff. I believe there was some Revolution Pro. There, just a whole bunch of stuff going on. Crazy, insane weekend for wrestling fans. Unfortunately, I didn't get to take in a lot of the indie stuff at home going online and seeing it. I caught it afterward. But of course, I did check out NXT TakeOver on Saturday night, which was pretty fucking amazing the ladder match for the North American title blew me away and if you want to know more about that go over to skewerhead.com read my blog I posted a little bit about everything from Mania Weekend that I got to check out mostly Wrestlemania and NXT actually I think it was all Wrestlemania and NXT TakeOver but like I said I didn't get a chance to check out all the indie stuff so I kind of covered what I know and then the following week was just hectic at work. It was crazy. Sorry, I'm adjusting my seat here. It was crazy working fairly long hours, I guess. But that's life, right? So we're here now, into the meat of episode two. And as I said, you want to know my thoughts on NXT TakeOver and WrestleMania, go to skewerdhead.com. Check out my blog post on it. There's a whole bunch of other blog posts there. Give them a read. They're kind of fun, just my random thoughts on whatever shit pops into my head, you know. That's how we roll around here. So tonight, uh, main review is going to go over It Follows from 2014. At least I believe it was 2014. Uh, yeah, 2014. Had to double check here to make sure. And before we get into that, I'm just going to talk a little bit about what I've been watching, games I've been playing, and anything like that. Recently, I was browsing the store, uh, the eShop, on the Nintendo Switch, and I picked up not only the original arcade version of Punch-Out!, but I also picked up uh, Slayaway Camp, which I believe was started out as a mobile game. Both games are really, really fun. Punch-Out! is a little difficult to get used to the controls, and I think that just comes from porting it from an arcade machine to a home console. Of course, I always have trouble with controls trying to learn them because I'm mostly a PlayStation guy. So going to another type of control kind of throws my hands off a bit. But it's what happens, right? We deal with it. And Slay Away Camp, that is actually really super fun. I actually saw my girlfriend, who will not be joining me on this episode. She is a sometimes co-host, so she'll pop in every now and then when she feels like it. But she had it on a laptop a while back, and I was watching it going, damn, that actually looks kind of fun. But it's also a little complicated because it's the puzzle game. But on the Switch, it's really, really fun. I've I've played it quite a bit now, and I had a good time. So if you have a Switch, I recommend Punch-Out! and Slay Away Camp. They're pretty good games. They're really cheap, too. I think Punch-Out! was like $7.99. Actually, I think Slayaway Camp was also $7.99. It may have been marked out on a sale, so don't hold me to that price firm. Don't message me on the group page on Facebook telling me that I was wrong. Just telling you the price I got it for at that time. But even at whatever the full price may be, it's the, I believe they call it the Butcher Edition. Something like that. It's it's a good pickup, Slayaway Camp. So I would recommend those, and been playing some WWE 2K18 on the PS4. You know, creating wrestlers, trying to create titles and realizing they come out looking shitty because I just have no concept of design. <laughs> you know, I really don't know how to put together a good looking championship title. It's tough, especially with the options they give you because it's so limited on the console. Maybe PC versions allow for more modification and importing. Not really sure. But... It's still a fun game. Does it have its issues? Of course. Every game is going to have their issues. But uh, 
2K18 is really fun. You go into the universe mode, I can't figure it out, so I don't play that. I usually do the custom wrestlers, do some title bouts, go into the customizations and switch entrances for some of the superstars. Make Braun Strowman come out to Alexa Bliss's motions for her entrance. It's funny. I would say check it out. Mess around with those. But 2K18, WWE, pretty decent game. If you're a wrestling fan and you like wrestling games, I'd say pick it up. If you can find the Digital Deluxe Edition on sale, either on PS4, Xbox One, hell, even the Switch if that's all you got, pick it up. I personally was able to grab the 2K18 Deluxe Gold Edition digitally for like 40 bucks on sale, marked down from, I think it was 89 79 so it was a pretty good steal, but it was a PS Plus sale. So if you have PS Plus and it goes on sale again, I'd recommend getting it because it gives you all the DLC that has come out to this point. I'm trying to figure out what else have I been doing. I'm watching a lot of YouTube stuff. Um, been watching some uh, episodes of Starving Artists with this rapper Ritz. This is like a little cooking show. It's actually kind of interesting. I would say check it out if you can. But a few weeks ago, maybe like a month ago, probably even before I started the podcast, I had started watching Vern Troyer's YouTube channel. And it was really interesting because you got to see this human side of him. And it just lets you see a little bit more into his life. Sadly, we're not going to get to see any more of that because he has passed away as of this recording he passed away yesterday april the 21st that was that was pretty sad i didn't want to see the guy die of course you don't want to see anyone die but knowing what he had gone through and kind of come back from it i had a little bit of hope that maybe he'd come through this but i think his body just had enough so you know rest in peace Vern troyer it's gonna be missed Okay, well, now that we got a little down there, let's try and bring things back up. I started reading Stephen King's It again. This will probably be my third time actually reading the book. Because I've read it twice and listened to the audiobook once. So I decided to read it again. I picked it up at this uh, half-price bookstore here in town. And it's funny, because the first time, the first time I read the book... When it got to the lines of Pennywise, I heard them in my head in the voice of Tim Curry. Which, of course, we probably all do when we read this book. Whoever reads it, probably what you do. Well, the other day when I started it, I was having conflicting Pennywises in my head. Some of the lines that were more in tune with the miniseries, I heard Tim Curry lines that were more directly correlated to the 2017 film or were actually in the 2017 film I heard in Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise voice so I had conflicting Pennywises in the movie in my head of it as I'm reading through the first portion of this and it was kind of funny but it was kind of throwing me off a bit and I don't know if any of you guys are like this but when I read a Stephen King book I kind of get lost in the novel and sometimes I'll have to force myself to just set it down for a bit and kind of step away because I get so into the book, into the story that I feel like I'm actually in it. And if you're not a if you're not someone who reads a lot, I guess that doesn't make sense. But even I don't read that often, but when I do, I really commit to reading what is in my hands and I just get so into the story I get so involved that I feel like I'm actually a part of it I guess that's just the way I experience reading books I'm not real sure but I would say if you're looking to read a fairly scary story and you know it but you haven't read the source material you've only seen the miniseries or you've only seen the 2017 film check out the book it is long I'm not gonna lie it's a fucking thick book but it's very very good 
And it is 100 fucking percent Skewered Universe approved. So run out. Find out if you have a discount bookstore in your area. Pick up a used copy. Rent it from the library. Hell, check out one of the regular bookstores, and if they're not trying to rip you off with a high price, pick it up there. It's definitely worth a read. I actually picked up some other books while I was there, too. I got, uh... What did I get? I got Thinner by Stephen King, The Tommy Knockers, and the Bachman books, which if you let me grab it here real quick, it includes The Running Man, Road Work, The Long Walk, and one that I did not know was an available anywhere, because I know he pulled it from publication, Rage. And if I remember correctly from what I've heard on other podcasts, Rage is the story of a student who kind of takes over the school, kind of brings a gun in there. I'm not 100% familiar with it, but I know after, I believe it was Columbine, Stephen King was like, that story will never be published again. So if you get your hands on one, it's kind of a rarity at this point. I was lucky enough to find a copy, which I didn't even realize it was in that collection. until I brought it home. And then I immediately posted online, posted it to the Facebook group, and uh, a couple of friends of mine commented on it, saying that they had it, and it was a really good collection. So I'm really happy I grabbed that. Haven't picked up any new movies lately. Uh, Leanne and I did sit down and watch Return of the Living Dead Part 2, which, it's god-awful. God awful. It's it's a half-assed retread of the first one and they try to put in more of this ridiculous humor that it just doesn't work. It's not it's not good. I mean Tom Matthews and Oh my god, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I cannot for the life of me remember the guy's name. James Karen. There it is. Tom Matthews and James Karen, they're they're fine. They do what they were paid to do. It's fine. The rest of the cast, ugh. Uh, um I'm a huge fan of the original Return of the Living Dead. But part two, I tried watching it before, got to the scene where the new tar man showed up. And immediately turned it off. I was like, I have, nope, done. And I think I might have revisited a couple years later. Kind of half-assed watched the whole thing. It was on in the background. Still was not impressed. Decided to give it a full-on, you know, watch from start to finish. And I'm not a fan of it. It may have its fans. I know there's people out there who be like, it's it's good, it's funny, it's... The first one was funny with a purpose, and it was still pretty fucking dark. Part two is funny just to be campy and ridiculous, and oh look, we got a zombie who's dressed kind of like Michael Jackson doing a semi-thriller dance. Isn't that funny? Short answer, no. Long answer, why the fuck did you even have this movie made? But my opinion just skip it skip it go to part three return of the living dead three is actually kind of fun Uh, and then we decided to watch day of the dead bloodline i believe is the new one oh god it's uh it sullies the name of the original with its attempt to kind of be similar, but really not. It's... I'm kind of over zombie movies anyway. I have my, my old school ones that I love to watch, you know, Night, Dawn, Day of the Dead. The Romero trilogy, those three are fine. Return of the Living Dead, some of the old Italian stuff, but as far as more modern, it really stops at like Shaun of the Dead and the 2004 Dawn of the Dead remake. After that, I'm not. I'm like, okay, it's it's done. Let's move on from zombies. 
it's it's the same old shit every time and this Day of the Dead bloodline was nothing new oh with the exception of the guy who tried to rape the main character in the beginning apparently has some sort of blood disease that keeps him from fully becoming a zombie so he's still able to speak and he's not technically dead I'm like well that's fucking stupid I'm sorry it was dumb the whole movie was ridiculous and <laughs> a lot of the cast um, well I don't know if a lot of the cast but I know the main actress is from the UK and she was putting on an accent as if she lived here in the US but it was not good and I get a United States accent is hard to nail even if you're trying to do a regionless version so nobody can kind of pick up oh you must be from Boston at times it sounded like she was going into almost an Eastern European accent at times it was very slight but it was certain words were just like oh and I picked it up immediately watching it like she's not from the US not that that's a bad thing it's just sometimes there are actors who you don't realize oh she was Australian or he's Irish you just don't know but there's certain ones that can't quite get their accent to leave when they're doing another accent whether it be a US accent or someone from England doing an Australian accent or a Persian you know whatever the case may be sometimes it just doesn't work and hers did not work she's a fine actress she's okay I've never seen her in anything else you know she did fine for this role it is what it is but the movie's not for me I don't recommend anyone see it Day of the Dead Bloodline is just not it's not good if you want to see a good Day of the Dead movie watch the original don't watch the remake with Mina Suvari and Nick Cannon Ving Rhames or whatever that was supposed to be remake, retread, sequel I don't really know don't watch that one don't watch Day of the Dead I think it's Contagion or something like that or Continuum it was set way way before the events of the 85 movie in the, in the movie timeline but just watch the original Day of the Dead directed by George Romero from 1985 highly recommend that one it is dark it is gory and there are a lot of characters who are unlikable who have a brush with karma let's say but yeah day of the dead bloodline no 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 just to circle back around it <laughs> it's a big fat zero i cannot recommend that at all <sighs> what else has been going on Hmm. Just I've been watching Rick and Morty over and over again. It's something I put on in the background just, you know, because it's fun. Uh, anything interesting I've been watching? Not really, not really. I know there's a dead space there, but I was taking a drink of water to keep my mouth from drying out. Yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot else going on. I did go to a comic book shop uh, before the Half Price Bookstore last weekend. And just kind of browsed around. I'm so far out of comics that I don't even know what's going on anymore. Save for the movies coming out and every once in a while talking with a friend about maybe what's happening here and there. But I don't buy comic books. I have some comic books from when I did buy them. But I just fell out with them. It doesn't mean I don't still love them. I just don't have the time to go down and sort through and figure out a pull list and what to get, what not to get, what's good, what's bad, what's up and coming, or what's what's great trade paperbacks to get. You know, I'm just... I'm out of the loop on that. So what Leanne and I did, we started browsing the collectibles. And we picked up a few little... 
blind bag items, you know, some Rick and Morty stuff, and she grabbed the Bob's Burgers uh, blind bag item, ended up getting Teddy, which is her favorite character. She was happy about that. Then she got a little uh, miniature Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty, which was cool. I grabbed two of the blind bag Rick and Morty items, got a Beth and a Squanchy the cat. So that was pretty cool, and then uh, grabbed a blind bag Deadpool miniature figure. And I don't know if you guys have seen these. They come in like this little plastic dome. They're kind of sealed on this base, and they have this plastic dome. On top of the dome is like a little Z molded into it, and on the bottom of the black platform, there's another Z sort of recessed, so you can stack these together. And they also have little pieces on the side where you can fit them together with another figure. And I already had one that was the X-Men colors, the blue and yellow Deadpool. This one is a black and gray, or a gray with black, technically. And the eyes are red. So it was, it was pretty cool. I'll post some pictures of it, of that stuff. But it was pretty cool. You know, I like picking up these little blind bag things every now and then. It's, it's fun. It's actually how I got uh, a little... Nebula and Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Got those a while back. I don't even remember. I think it was probably sometime last year after seeing the movie for a third or fourth time in the theater. I don't know, but I grabbed them and I remember saying to my girlfriend, or actually, no. I was by myself when I got them. And I was opening the bag with Ego and I thought, ah, oh, wouldn't that be kind of cool if I got an Ego? Boom. Sure enough. There it was, a little ego figure. So that was cool. A ton of collectibles I wanted to pick up. They got a black and white Batman statue for like 20 bucks. Problem is, I don't really have anywhere to put it right now. So I had to not go on impulse and just buy it and figure out where to put it. But I'm thinking of going back maybe in a few months and seeing if they have it still and picking that up. I did check out some uh, upcoming movie remakes or horror movies for this year. And there was one that stood out. And I think it's supposed to come out next year, maybe late this year. The Blob. Now we all know there's The Blob. And then I believe it's Beware of The Blob. And then there's the 80s version of The Blob. Well, apparently this new remake, or new version, not sure if it's technically a remake, it sounds a lot like a remake, of the 80s version. So it looks like they have Samuel L. Jackson playing the... If you've seen the 88 version, there is the black gentleman who is with the military, who is very much, you know, kill anyone who gets in the way, I don't give a fuck. We're here to contain this, and we need to do our research and finish it out. He's just the character's just a dick. So I'm thinking that's why Samuel L. Jackson was cast, because we all know he can be aggressive. You know, he's a he's a good actor. He can pull that off. But it just seems like everything about it is a rehash of the '80s version. I myself, after watching this, thought, why couldn't you just pick up where the 80s version left off? The end of that film ends with the preacher... <laughs> excuse me. The preacher having a little piece of the frozen blob in a jar that's just kind of moving around. Can't really get out. Can't get through the glass. It's small enough and weak enough that it can't get out. So why not just fast forward years later where it's still in that jar, still living somehow, we don't know why, because it's some sort of alien creature that bonded with bacteria in space, something like that from the 80s version. It was explained and I don't remember even though I've seen it like a hundred times. It just continued from there. Maybe the preacher's son ended up taking this after he died, or... You know, maybe he didn't have any children and somebody was going through his belongings after he passed and found that thing and somehow it gets out again 
But maybe you have it set in a different area as opposed to this small town in Colorado, I think it was. Maybe you have this stuff transported to New York and it's terrorizing the city there. Just something different, something that picks up after the events of the first one instead of going, hey, that one in the 80s did okay. People seem to like it. Let's redo that. It's just... This makes me sound like I hate remakes. Normally, I don't give them this much attention. I figure they are what they are. They're going to happen. And, you know, meh. They're always going to do remakes, right? So I usually try not to get so irritated by them anymore. But this one just seems so blatantly ridiculous. Well, not ridiculous, but it was blatantly ripping off the 88 version. Which, yes, I know was a remake of the 50s version, but different enough that you kind of look at it and go, okay, it's in line with the other one. There's homages in that version that Frank Darabont threw in from the 50s version, but it's its own entity in the end. So I kind of wish somebody would have stepped up and said, let's just continue the story with another area. Somehow that little piece of blob in the jar gets sent off somewhere else, whether he ships it somewhere. Who knows? Who knows, but anything could have been better than just rehashing the 80s movie again and just updating it for modern times. The other thing that's got me scared is that they're going to completely render the blob in CG. Which, don't get me wrong, CG effects can be great when done well. But I kind of prefer when CG effects are used to finish or add to practical effects. Like, certain things that can't be done practically, you have to do digitally. So if you need to, you know, touch up a seam on a suit that somebody's wearing to look like a monster, do it digitally. Just wipe it out. Don't make it look as bad as Henry Cavill's mustache removal in Justice League. Because that was horrendous, and I don't know how Warner Brothers in DC didn't look at that and go, that needs another pass. I'm wondering if they were just under a time constraint and Warner Brothers was saying... Just get it done so we can get the movie out there. We gotta beat it. We gotta beat something else to the box office. Who knows? It... I hope whoever's directing, and I'm not sure who it is, uses some practical effects and then just does some augmentation with CG. Like maybe there's something that it needs to do to reach up and grab something high, which you obviously can't do practical, probably. So do it with CG. Just make sure it's clean. Not Sharknado levels of horrible CG sharks. Which, that's another thing we decided to watch. Well, Leanne wanted to watch it. I had only seen parts of it before. God, that one's bad. It's not even so bad it's good. It kind of goes to so bad it's good, and then back around to just bad. Excuse me. The acting is ridiculous. Some of the scenes that are in bright daylight and they're supposed to be in the middle of a storm, but there's no rain. Or if they did film when it was raining, the next scene of them in the car, it was like a horrendous downpour. Then the next scene where they're outside, it's kind of sunny out and just sprinkling so yeah some of you were saying look it was on sci-fi it's the asylum it's shark fucking NATO what did you expect a little bit of effort maybe is what I expected just a little bit just to try and not have it look so shitty but you know they're what on number six now so obviously I don't know anything about movie making, so hey, they're doing part six, more power to them. 
at least Tara Reed and Ian Ziering are getting paychecks, right? So, more power to them. And then a friend of mine, uh, I know I'm just going off on weird tangents here, but I don't have really any other segments really ready to go yet. Uh, I promise you that for the next episode, I will have a cult classic segment in here. Probably even with a cool little intro bumper to let you know when I'm doing it. I just, like I said, time has been hard to uh, notch out. Notch out. Let's try that again, shall we? I'm not editing this. It's been hard for me to designate time to get this recorded when I wanted to because of everything going on lately. But back on video games for a second, my buddy dropped off uh, earlier today, actually. He upgraded a few of his games, so he gave me NHL 16, Madden 17, and NBA 2K17. Now, I tried NBA 2K15 and was not impressed. Mostly because I think they went too crazy with the controls. Instead of it just being, push this button for this, push this for this, it's, oh, rotate the stick three quarters of a three quarters of the way to the right and then immediately flick it back to the left click it three times and then push X to shoot I'm like why is it so complicated I don't know maybe it's just me because I'm almost 40 you know I'm 38 years old maybe I just haven't uh, kept in tune with the times for this game but I think if you start over complicating things you make it so people don't really want to play I've never actually played any NHL video games on the PS4, so this will be interesting. But, if it's not for me, I want to see if my buddy has it yet. Because he and his son are huge hockey fans. His son Devin actually just went to tryouts a few weeks ago for hockey. And is going to start playing again. Because he played when he was younger, and now that he's in high school, he's kind of got the itch to go back. Which is cool, which is cool, as I remember going to one of his games when he was younger, and it was it was pretty awesome to see those kids out there just hustling and kicking ass on the ice. And I'm not a huge hockey fan, but if I go to see it in person, I tend to enjoy it. On TV, I can't get into it. Baseball, I can. Basketball and football, not so much anymore. Kind of falling out of love with those, but hockey on TV just... That's eh, not for me, so I'll give the game a try and see. Uh, keep your ears open. Maybe I'll do some reviews on these. And I'm, yeah, I'm shaking the game around. You can probably hear it. And then I also got Madden 17, which actually I don't think this is the the version I had that didn't work. I think I actually picked up a copy of Madden 16. I think it was last year. Maybe two years ago at this point. Well, no, it was last year. And the game just didn't work. It loaded in one time. I got to do some of the practice stuff, you know, where you can go in and, you know, test your skills or I think it's like training or practice or something like that. You can go in and learn how to throw, learn how to pass. Uh, not pass, that's the same as throw. Learn how to pass, learn how to catch, you know, run defense and offense drills. I was like, okay, cool, the controls are pretty smooth. I'm going to stop for tonight because it's kind of late, and I'll pick it up tomorrow. Turned it on the next day. Would not load. Would not load at all. So I pulled the game out, rebooted the PS4, put the disc back in, same exact thing. It just stayed on the loading screen, the little circle spinning, nothing. I left it there for 10 minutes. I walked out of the room, started a load of laundry, got something to drink, came back, still on the loading screen. So I took it back to GameStop, which is where I got it, told him it didn't work, and said, I just want to straight trade across for another game. I don't want that same one. I'm just picking out something else off the shelf, and that's what we're going to do. So I got Alien Isolation instead. <laughs> Yeah, two different ends of the spectrum. But Alien, Isola Alien Isolation, if I can speak correctly, it's it's fun. It's really, really intense. The AI that they use for the alien to start learning your patterns and paying attention to sounds you make through the microphone. 
it's really cool. I recommend it. I know it's a few years old at this point. I think it came out 2014, 2015. But if you can pick up a copy, do it. Digitally or physical. Xbox, PS4, PC, whatever you play, pick it up. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I don't really care for GameStop anymore. It's, um... I'd rather go to Best Buy and pick up a physical game, or... If it's a independent game or a, like a smaller game, like an indie game that's not too expensive, I'll buy it digitally, but I'm still I'm still a physical media person. I can't help it. Like with The Shape of Water, I hadn't seen the movie. I picked up the Blu-ray. It's like, it's Del Toro. I gotta own it. Any movie that I really like, I try to seek out a physical, tangible copy that I can hold. Mostly Blu-ray releases or collector's editions, special editions, like stuff from Shout Factory or Arrow, you know, Vinegar Syndrome, stuff like that, so I can get those extra features. That's the biggest part of those movies, is getting those extra features. I'm such a nerd that I love just digging right into those extra features, those special features, the documentaries, the behind-the-scenes you know, concept art, all that kind of stuff. So that's why I like the physical media is a lot of times with digital versions, you don't get that. And on Voodoo, I will say, there's a few in my library I haven't purchased a whole lot. I usually stick digital versions in there from the physical copies I get. But some of the ones that are in there have the same extra features that were on the disc. So they're starting to come around, but they're still way more that don't have it and it's kind of disappointing because if we want to go to this route of completely digital media you're going to have to offer that same stuff and not at an extra tier I still think some of the prices on the digital stuff is way too high for not getting an actual copy did I say the digital stuff? yeah I did the digital downloads of movies are priced way too high. I don't feel I should have to pay, you know, $30 for a digital release of a film with no extra features, or maybe the same features that are on a disc, but I get no disc, no artwork, nothing. All I get is a digital download kept in a library somewhere that if for some reason that service ends you may lose all that stuff so every once in a while I'll buy a digital movie if it's really cheap if it's something that I don't really think is going to get a proper release because maybe it's just a smaller movie maybe a cult classic well I guess not really a cult classic maybe something that's not loved by the mainstream then I would probably consider picking it up digitally, but I love my physical media, like the Scanners Criterion Collection. I love the artwork that's included in there. I love the extra features that are on it. Same with the uh, Alien Collection that I got, which has, I believe, the first four films in that franchise. So Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection... I think Prometheus and Alien Covenant are both in my voodoo library digitally, so I technically have, to this point, the entire Alien franchise in my possession, which is cool. But that that four-disc, I think it's a four-disc, it might even be more discs than that, but that quadrilogy set has a ton of extra features. And honestly, I think there's digital versions of the Alien films in my Voodoo library, and I don't believe they have any of the extra features. And if they do, it was so few, I don't think they have nearly as many that are included in the physical version. And I think I picked up that physical version for like 20 bucks at Best Buy. It was on sale. So, yeah. What it comes down to is I'm a physical media person. I've got a, a small but decent library going on here. I haven't been able to pick up nearly as many as I would like to, but that takes money.
money isn't easy to come by when even when you're working because you got bills car payment insurance all that bullshit that comes with being an adult so haven't been able to pick up nearly as many movies as I'd like to or games but when I do you guys will be the first to hear about it alright so that's the random shit I wanted to talk about let's uh dive into the main review here so the main review is for It Follows from 2014 starring is it Maka Monroe Micah Monroe Keir Gilchrist Lily Seppi Seppi and some others and it is the story of a young woman who's followed by an unknown supernatural force after a sexual encounter I actually really like this movie. I heard good and bad about it. I actually heard more bad. But being the person that I am, I take reviews with a grain of salt. Especially when they're not from people I know. Even some people that I know who we have tastes that are very similar, I tend to go and seek out that movie myself and form my own opinion. And then figure out, yeah, they were right, or, oh, they were wrong, this is good. But they were wrong, in my opinion. I would never tell them they're wrong. It's just a differing of opinion, you know. So, we start out with this woman, or teenage girl, running out of her house. In, presumably, underwear and high heels. Which was kind of weird, but... Eh, you know, whatever, we're going with it. She sees her dad, he asks her what's wrong, she's like, nothing, it's fine. She's running off, gets in a car, takes off, ends up on a, a beach, and is calling her dad, telling her, like, you know, I'm sorry I wasn't a better kid, you know, I love you, this and that, all the kind of stuff you would hear someone say to someone just before they know they're going to die. And the next thing we see is she's bent in awkward positions, bones, blood everywhere. It was pretty gnarly. So we move forward to our main character. Oh, what was her? Jay. Jay. I'm an idiot. Jay. Should know it because her name is the first letter of my name, Jeff. So, anyway. This is how my brain works, people. Deal with it. So... I come to her, and we kind of meet her friends, Yara and Paul, her sister, Kelly. We kind of get to meet them, and she ends up going out on a date with this guy named Hugh. She's telling her friends about it, and they're like, really? Is that? She's like, yeah, it's so great. We're going to go out. So she goes out with him. They go to this theater, and he kind of starts acting sketchy, like... He's asking her, did you see that person over there wearing this, you know, I think, like a girl in a purple dress or something. She's like, no, there's nothing there. What are you talking about? Oh, she's thinking of some kind of a joke. And you can see he's legit freaked out. He's like, you know, let's, let's go. Let's go do something else. So they leave. And then, uh, like you do... They end up having a little, you know, bow chicka bow wow. And you see she's in the car, kind of leaning out the door afterward, talking about something. And he's in his trunk doing something you can't really see. I thought maybe they were going to throw back to the 88 blob to bring that up, and he was going to be mixing drinks in his trunk like that douchebag. A little sip of tea here. But no, he goes around the passenger side of the car, opens the back, the rear door, kind of climbs in, kind of laying kind of next to her on top of her in the back seat, tells her he's sorry, and chloroforms her ass. Next thing we see, he's got her in this, like, broken down, like, abandoned building that's half, half standing. The walls are torn out. It's just really desolate looking or yeah we'll say desolate it's a pretty empty 
empty lot with these half, you know, torn down buildings. And he's telling her, you know, once it comes for you, you have to stay away from it. Don't let it touch you. And she's trying to figure out what the hell he's talking about. She's freaking out, yelling for help. But then they both see this woman just walking towards them. Fully naked, just walking towards them. He takes her out of there, drops her off at home. She's freaked the fuck out. Her friends and sister are there like, what happened? She tells them, they're like, eh, okay, you're just traumatized from this, but they don't really believe anything is happening. So we go through the film, she keeps having these weird experiences with someone or something showing up. Because one of the things he told her, this Hugh, said it can look like anyone, someone you know, or a stranger, so you need to be wary of pretty much everyone. So it goes through, she keeps seeing it. Eventually they bring their neighbor Greg in on it and he's like, hey, you know, we'll we'll figure this out. Let's go find out who the guy is. So they do that, end up finding out the guy's real name is Jeff. What a coincidence. Douchebag named Jeff. I'm not a douchebag, but this guy was an asshole. He screwed some chick, passed on a curse. And he chloroformed her after they, uh, you know, knocked one out. It's He's a dick. But anyway, so they talked to him, and he said somebody passed it on to him. And he was only trying to pass it on. He didn't mean to scare her, but he needed to save himself. But he's still seeing it, even though he passed it on. It's this whole thing. So she's getting... She's having more and more visions of this thing because only she can see it nobody else can see it well except for this Hugh slash Jeff guy she's in school I think she's in college sees a person just beeline across campus just slow steady right towards her she bolts telling her friends about it they're like okay well there's nothing there so they end up with their friend Greg they go to like this beach house just to kind of get their minds off everything because they're thinking she's losing it they want to get her away and that's when shit kind of ramps up things start really getting crazy she's seeing it and then it grabs her hair kind of lifts her up out of this chair her buddy Paul swings a chair at it and hits it and then he gets thrown like to the side she runs off trying to hide in this like shed and they're all in there with her and then wondering where's Greg where's Greg well he was off somewhere else and they hear a banging on the door and then a portion of the door gets kicked in. This thing starts climbing in to come after her. She goes out another door, jumps in the car after Greg had looked in and was like, hey, it's just me. What's going on? She takes off in his car, trying to get away, ends up crashing it, hurts herself. She's in a hospital. Ends up having sex with Greg in the hospital, passing it to him. And then she sees what looks like Greg going to his own house trying to get in the door breaking in through a window and she's trying to you know get over there to tell him well it ends up he opens his door this thing is looking like his mom with one boob hanging out so I guess they like Dario Argento with one boob I don't know Greg dies we move on. They start orchestrating a plan to try and stop this thing. And she ends up having sex with her other friend, Paul, because he's going, look, just do it, pass it to me. You know, then you'll be safe, and that's all I want is for you to be safe. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a knight in shining armor, but really, I just kind of want to get laid by you. That kind of thing. They do that. They end up going into this old pool that they used to go to when they were kids 
and just bring in a bunch of appliances and stuff they could plug in to throw in the pool thinking they'll electrocute it. Well, this entity shows up and just starts throwing stuff in the pool after Jay. And it's shorting out the power in the place. Each one is taking its toll. And eventually, it's in the pool coming after her. It grabs her. She's trying to get away. Something, I think they shoot into the pool. They were trying to shoot a gun at it, not hitting it. They ended up shooting their friend Yara. Because Paul had the gun, he ended up shooting Yara and injuring her. Trying to shoot this thing, it didn't work. This force is in the water after Jay ends up grabbing her and pulling her down. Well, she's able to get free after they shoot it. But it just, it only stops it for a second when you shoot it, and then it just keeps coming. Well, then something else happened. I don't remember, I saw this a couple weeks ago. And this being, which was in human form, ends up just kind of turning into this cloud of blood in the pool. Jay gets out. Looks like everything is solved. Maybe everything's moved on. We fast forward a little bit of time, and you see Jay and Paul walking down the street, holding hands, looking like a semi-happy couple together, you know, hey, we're just out for a stroll. And then you look behind them. And there was a woman just staring straight ahead, walking right behind them at a steady pace, so it's not over. And that's where we end. And yeah, my review may be a little half-assed here with the synopsis and that, but I really, really liked this. There was so much tension. And the other thing I liked... And this was intentionally done by the filmmakers. I believe the director, Jennifer Kent, and the writers of the film. I'm not sure who wrote it. Uh, does it say? Oh, it doesn't say here. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I was looking on IMDb at some of the trivia, and they purposefully didn't put cell phones or any new technology in the film. They didn't want to date this film. Uh, the friend Yara, she has this little e-reader, like, shell compact e-reader thing. That was the only bit of tech, really, in the film. And the guys who made it said, well, we took a 1960s, I think it was 50s or 60s, uh, clamshell, or seashell, makeup compact and just turned it into an e-reader for the film. That was the only thing, because they wanted to make you realize that Yara is kind of a book nerd. So she's kind of always reading stuff throughout the film on this little thing. But nobody's pulling out their iPhone and checking stuff. Nobody's on a clamshell cell phone. There's, there's none of that. There's nobody jumping on the internet on their laptop or you know pulling out their iPad. There's just none of that. So it's not dated. It feels like this could take place in any time, which I really like. So it's not like, oh, okay, well, it's definitely 2014 because that's, you know, this generation iPhone or this generation Galaxy from Samsung. There's none of that. So it feels timeless. Like this could be happening in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, whatever. But they built so much tension and I really liked the performances from all the actors. It was really good. Like, they all brought something to it together. In the end, I recommend everyone see this. If you like horror movies, you like suspenseful horror movies, not super gory, but it's just really kind of disturbing, check out It Follows from 2014. It's, it's skewered universe approved. May not mean anything now, but it's definitely going to at some point. But check it out. It follows. It's a pretty damn good movie. Suspenseful, eerie, creepy, disturbing. In hell, there's one scene where there's just a dude naked. And you see full frontal. Not up close, but you can still tell. Just standing on a roof, watching the main character, Jay, as she drives off in a car with her friends. 
It's really fucked up. Really fucked up. So seek it out. I think it's on Netflix. I picked up a steelbook version at Best Buy for like, I think it was five, anywhere from five to eight dollars. So pick it up if you can. Watch it on Netflix if you have it. It's probably even available to rent on Amazon Prime. Seek it out. Watch it. And honestly, if you didn't like it, let me know what you think. Go to the group page on Facebook, Skewered Universe. Let me know what you guys thought. And that that's going to do it for this episode of Skewered Universe. I realized on the first episode I didn't leave or provide any of the contact details on how you could get a hold of us here at Skewered Universe. So, you can go to skeweredhead.com. That is where the Skewered Universe blog is. There's a link there to the Facebook group. You can click that, and it will take you to the Facebook group page for Skewered Universe. You know, go ahead and join up. The more the merrier. We welcome all, unless you're just going to spam it, and then you're out. Uh, the email for the website, if I can bring that up here. Oh yeah, it is jeff at skewerdhead.com. That goes directly to me. I will check it out. I will try to respond to you if you send an email. If I don't respond, I'll definitely read it on the show, let you know what I think, and answer it there. Uh, you can check out the Potomatic feed for the show. As I'm telling you this, I'm pulling everything up on the side, so realism. That's what we do here. Like, I should have had all this set up before, but... I just carved out a little section of time to be able to record this, so... Yeah, that's what happens. So you can go to the Potomatic page. And that is at... SkewerUniverse.Potomatic.com I probably should have known that from the beginning. Episode 1 is there. You can check that out. Hey, I put that up on April Fool's Day. <laughs> I'm not nearly as... Uh, off track as I thought. I thought it was back in March that I did that. So yeah, go to skeweruniverse.potomatic.com check out skeweredhead.com that's the home of the Skewered Universe blog where I randomly put shit up that spews out of my head goes through the keyboard and onto a digital page for you to read. You can hit me up on Twitter. I am at skewered underscore head 79 that is skewered underscore head 79 at skewered underscore head 79 capital S capital H check me out there it's my personal Twitter it's gonna be the one for the show I keep posting when my blogs available there and on the face and on Facebook where you can go to the group page and yeah that'll do it so check out those contact links uh, I'd appreciate it if you guys go to skeweredhead.com and read the blog and stay tuned here from when I finally put together episode 3, which is going to be coming probably in the next week. I'm going to work on a few other features to throw in the show here, like the cult classic section, where I'm going to recommend a cult classic movie for you to check out and kind of let you know if it's good or bad. But it's definitely going to be one that I say you should see, whether it's good or bad. Because it may be something that you just need to see to believe. That's going to do it for episode two. Again, you know the contact info. Reach out. Let me know what you think. Go to the group page. And for Skewered Universe, I am Jeff. Keep enjoying the universe that's a little bit skewered.